The blue team needs to take a chill pill. Today we're going to be making fun of hashtag resistance sorts of people that you may know. Here's another great article from Do Dissidents by Keaton Weiss. With fire Chris Hayes, the resistance exposes itself as the fraud it's always been. Chris Hayes is one of the more honest and insightful MSNBC commentators, which is akin to saying Bobby Bacalieri is one of the kinder, gentler members of the Sopranos crew. Bobby had never personally whacked anyone until well into the show's final season, and even when he was called upon to do so by an increasingly sociopathic Tony, he was hesitant to go through with it. But he was nonetheless a willing profiteer in a criminal enterprise. Hayes, in holding down a primetime slot for a round-the-clock propaganda network like MSDNC, is no more innocent than Bobby, proportionally speaking, of course. He could get a real job and make an honest living in an outlet like The Nation, where he once wrote, but he knows TV is far more profitable, and conveniently, Comcast's blood money gets transmitted via direct deposit. No briefcases or duffel bags necessary. Last night, however, actually it's been a couple of days now. Took me a while to get to this, so sorry about that, Keaton. Last night, however, Hayes did a little freelancing. He opened up his own shop and went against the family. He dared to honestly cover the sexual assault allegations of Tara Reid against presumptive Democratic nominee Joe Biden. He said the following. There have been moments, I think for many of us, all of us, when we have heard about accusations against someone that we find ourselves desperately wanting not to believe. Whether that is because we have some personal admiration for the individual or their work or political admiration, someone on our quote unquote side. But part of the difficult lesson of the Me Too era is not that every accusation is true and everything should be believed on its face, but that you do have to fight yourself when you feel that impulse. You have to do that in order to take seriously what is being alleged and what the evidence is and to evaluate it. And that is the case with the accusation by a woman named Tara Reid against Joe Biden. He continued by narrating a timeline of events and accounts that those of us not brainwashed enough to be watching his show in the first place are already familiar with because they've been covered extensively at this point throughout not just independent media, but in outlets like the New York Times and the Washington Post as well. He recounted Reed's original claims of harassment, followed by the alleged assault, as well as the Biden camp's vehement denials of said accusations. He then mentioned the new development in the story, an on-the-record statement by Tara's former neighbor recounting that Tara had in fact told her of the assault back in 1995 or 1996, shortly after it allegedly happened. He then went on to confirm that his own network had done their due diligence by confirming this for themselves. He said, NBC News reached out to Reed's neighbor, who later confirmed by text message the story. This on-the-record reporting from a neighbor, a roughly contemporaneous relaying of the story, has rightly occasioned a new round of coverage and scrutiny. Within minutes, fire Chris Hayes was trending on Twitter. Here's just a tiny sample of the discourse. Biden Brigade. I have zero tolerance for journalistic jokes like Chris L. Hayes. My goal from now until Election Day is to organize to get him fired. Here's from Hobo Don't Drink Clorox Cat. Joe NBC, are you okay with Chris Hayes' smear of Biden last night or do you want the truth? MSNBC needs to fire Chris Hayes. Pretty ridiculous, yes, but at least he hasn't been rucified yet. Oh wait. This is from Lisa at Trump's Evil. Fire Chris Hayes, he is a Russian agent. 
U.S. making RT register as a foreign agent is bad and a mistake and will hurt media in Russia. I don't know if you follow RT. Lee Camp and the late great Ed Schultz both worked for RT. Lee Camp currently works for RT, and Ed Schultz did before he died, after MSNBC fired him. I'd say Al Jazeera and RT are a lot fairer than MSNBC and The Washington Post and The New York Times, and more fair than CNN, Clinton News Network. One user thought to checkmate Chris Hayes by pointing out that from time to time he has interacted with the likes of Michael Moore, Julian Assange, Glenn Greenwald, and Ryan Grimm, you know, journalists. There is a pattern with Chris Hayes and who he associates with and who he invites onto his show to do his dirty work while acting like a surprised Boy Scout. So whoever this is, if they don't like Glenn Greenwald and they don't like Michael Moore and they don't like Ryan Grimm, who broke the story last time when it was Brett Kavanaugh, I don't know, it's, it makes you seem like a right-winger to me. Oh wait, rabid blue dog Democrats are right-wingers, I forgot. All this, not for saying Joe Biden is guilty or should withdraw his candidacy or anything of the sort. Hayes' great crime was the mere mentioning of Tara Reid's name without either dismissing her story or smearing her character. His point about Me Too being a wake-up call for all of us to have the courage to hold even our friends and allies accountable for their actions is about as simple and obvious as could be. Yet it apparently eludes his audience of sophisticated, woke, cosmopolitan, card-carrying members of the liberal intelligentsia. I don't know about you, but I think these intelligentsia sound dumb as fuck. I use the word apparently very specifically in this case because it's impossible to know for sure the percentage of Hayes' audience whose outrage over his reporting is sincere versus those who know better and whose Twitter tantrums are expressions of their own guilty conscience. I suppose the latter is the more contemptible group, but really, they're both more or less the same, because on a whole, their rage at Chris Hayes for doing the bare minimum that a primetime political news anchor with any credibility would do in this case reveals their clique to be the fraud it's always been. Just for the record, I don't think Chris Hayes has any credibility, whatever, but you gotta give him credit for what he said here. The entire hashtag resistance phenomenon was phony from day one. In fact, it was phony from before day one, if you consider day one to be November 9th, 2016. The hashtag resistance was really just the post-election incarnation of the Hillary Clinton campaign. Neera Tanden and the Center for American Progress would be its thought leaders. It would emphasize pragmatism and a restoration of normalcy over a more ambitious progressive agenda. It would tout its support from the same never-Trump neocon Republicans like David Frum, Nicole Wallace, Bill Kristol, and others. Most importantly, though, the hashtag resistance movement is a continuation of the 2016 Clinton campaign's Pied Piper strategy, which sought to elevate Donald Trump in the Republican primaries. The easiest and most common explanation for this tactic is that Team HRC thought Trump would be the easiest opponent to beat in the general election and therefore hoped he'd win the nomination so they'd get to run against a weak opponent. That obviously backfired, but that was only one element of the Pied Piper strategy. The other benefit of running against Trump, both then and now, is that Trump allows them to play fast and loose with their own moral convictions 
because they trust that no matter their shortcomings in that department, they will always have the ability to invoke the name of Donald Trump and thus appear righteous and virtuous by comparison. By elevating someone so overtly grotesque and appalling and constantly decrying his numerous offenses, they're giving themselves license to be immoral so long as they can still claim to be less so than the man himself. Trump is a human get-out-of-jail-free card they've printed for themselves, which they feel relieves them of their obligation to pass a robust progressive policy agenda. Because Trump wants to repeal the ACA and essentially abolish the EPA, and they oppose such draconian actions, they have no moral imperative to pass Medicare for All or a Green New Deal. Because Trump appointed the odious Betsy DeVos as Secretary of Education, the simple act of replacing her is an adequate stand-in for actual education policy like tuition-free college and student debt forgiveness. The wine track professional managerial class voters who largely make up the hashtag resistance movement are complicit in this cowardice as they themselves take comfort in the idea that letting the peasants keep their bronze plan is as far as they need to go when it comes to expanding access to health care. Their taxes weren't oppressively high when the United States was part of the Paris Climate Agreement, so whatever the hell that is, if we just re-enter it, they'll be satisfied that they're good enough stewards of the environment and their lifestyles won't be much, if at all, affected. They can get back to brunch. And they worked their way through college when it was much cheaper and paid off their debt when wages went a lot further and cost of living was a lot lower, so giving everyone free tuition seems unnecessary or even a little extreme. They are willing to, as Elizabeth Warren suggested, let a transgender teenager vet DeVos's replacement, and that's good enough for them. The same moral flexibility they've given themselves in the policy realm can also be applied, perhaps even more so, to the personal behavior of those entrusted to protect and prop up the centrist, austerity-light agenda they've embraced. When it comes to the allegations against Joe Biden, the problem it creates for the resistance isn't simply that Biden is a Democrat, but he's their kind of Democrat. If such allegations had been leveled against Bernie Sanders while he was still in the race, there's no doubt whatsoever they'd have been touting their support for his accuser and demanding he end his campaign. If you want evidence for this, I refer you to mid-January when CNN broke the story in big, bold type on its homepage that Bernie Sanders allegedly told Elizabeth Warren that he didn't think a woman could win the presidency. Not only was the corporate media quick to run with this narrative, but Neera Tandon herself tweeted the following in response to those who questioned Warren's claims. Ooh, I hadn't seen this one yet. From Sneera Tandon. Believe women unless it doesn't work for your ambition, apparently. Ooh, that woman is evil. So their first priority, obviously, is to defeat progressives, because even setting aside that our agenda is a threat to their material wealth, our very presence in the political arena punctures the moral cover they've created for themselves by spinning a version of reality in which Donald Trump is the source of all evil, and simple opposition to him is all that's required for salvation. After all, retweeting Alyssa Milano is a lot easier than a camel passing through the eye of a needle.
once we lefties are out of the way, their work is essentially done because they're now competing for the moral high ground against someone they know can never take it from them. And therefore, they're free to conduct themselves with impunity, both personally and politically. Because Trump is evil, and they're the only ones, the resistance, along with their chosen candidate, Joe Biden, standing between us and another four years of a Trump presidency, they make the case that any and all opposition to them is actually in service of a greater evil, because by tearing them down, we're elevating Trump. What they don't tell you, of course, is that they're the ones who elevated Trump in the first place and that they've repeatedly and ruthlessly undermined any robust political movement that could actually prosecute a moral case against him with any credibility. Chris Hayes is more or less in on this scam, which is why they feel so betrayed that he's defied them, even as meagerly as he has. Here's the quote I would highlight. By reminding them of the supposed lessons of the Me Too era, he's committed the grave offense of holding the resistance to a moral standard higher than the one they've set for themselves, Donald Trump. Ding, ding, ding. There's not as much room to maneuver in that space, and so it's understandable that they would lash out like the cornered animals they are by calling for him to be fired, which is quite ironic behavior for a group of people who freaked out over Trump's revocation of Jim Acosta's press pass. So you see, this is all of a piece. The resistance is one big fraud from top to bottom, from the network executives at MSNBC all the way down to the viewers. Did you hear that, viewers? From the Center of American Progress Brain Trust to the last person on their email list, from Joe Biden himself to the rank-and-file blue-no-matter-who voters. This, of course, isn't to say that every person involved is of ill will. Many of them aren't. But the entity itself on a whole is one big fake. The fire Chris Hayes campaign proves so beyond any doubt. But wait, it gets worse. But here's the thing, it might even have gotten worse today because a direct Biden surrogate and delegate to the 2020 Democratic National Convention is calling on the FBI to investigate any journalist that dared to speak about Tara Reid in a positive or even even-handed manner. Lindy Lee earlier today said that, quote, now that Tara Reid's story has completely imploded, it hasn't imploded, by the way, but that's what she's saying, I hope the FBI investigates Nathan J. Robinson, Katie Halper, and Ryan Grimm for their role in this fraud. Tara, or whatever your actual name is, you have gravely harmed real survivors. And what she's doing there is not only calling Tara Reid a liar, which, whatever, people are divided on this issue. Some people think she's telling the truth. Some people aren't. But she's calling on the FBI to investigate, to basically go after three particular journalists for daring to help Tara Reid tell her story when most mainstream outlets wouldn't do it. Katie Halper, Ryan Grimm, Nathan J. Robinson, without them, Tara Reid would have never gotten to tell her story. And for Lindy Lee and a lot of Biden fans, that's why they are dangerous. And that's why the state, the police, the cops, whatever, should bear down upon them for daring to speak ill about Joe Biden, even though all they were doing was help Tara Reid tell her truth. And this is not just a Biden stand. Listen again to who said this. Because a direct Biden surrogate and delegate to the 2020 Democratic National Convention. 
I've gotten to know some of these people pretty well, and that one surprised even me. The Biden media, the Biden surrogates, the Biden delegates, Biden fans, Biden bros on social media effectively are demanding that these people be potentially arrested for daring to do journalism. For all of these people who, you know, worry about Vladimir Putin and suggest that anybody who is, you know, talking bad about Biden is secretly in the pocket of Putin in Russia, they are the ones sounding like they want some sort of authoritarian response to journalism that disagrees with them and that doesn't make their particular political candidate look good. Maybe it makes them look bad to some degree. That's what's happening here. And Lindy Lee's not the only example. There are plenty of examples from random people who are verified Biden supporters on social media saying these things, also suggesting that Tara Reid herself needs to be investigated, almost as if to say that not only is she wrong, but the state should bear down upon her, punish her, lift her up as an example of what we should do to women who dare lie about good men like Joe Biden. That's what they're asking to do. Lisa Lehrer from the New York Times even noted that Tara Reid had to cancel an interview she was going to do about her story because there were threats being levied against her and her daughter by Biden supporters. That's what's happening right now. Whoa. Tara Reid and journalists who dare to cover her are being threatened by being canceled or being fired or even being spied upon by the federal government. That's what Biden supporters want right now. That doesn't sound like a rational campaign or rational movement. That doesn't sound like a campaign that opposes the Putinism of Donald Trump. That sounds like Donald Trump's open hostility and the Trump movement's open hostility to any form of journalism that doesn't agree with them. That's the Biden campaign. If they want to make an argument to the American people, to progressives that aren't sold on their campaign yet, that they are better than Donald Trump, when they act like this, they sure as heck aren't showing it. So if you have any friends in real life or on your social media feeds like Lindy Lee, let me know because we need to work together to make sure that this sort of rabid tribalism gets called out.